So you get that phone call. You've been out all day. You get to your office. There's a message there waiting for you that the property owner wants to talk to you about an appraisal you did, and they're not even your client. You have a suspicion that they're not very happy with you. Whether it's a value-related issue or repair issue or whatever the case may be, you have a property owner that wants to talk to you. And you don't think it's going to be a great conversation. In fact, you're really not even supposed to talk to them without the client's authorization. I mean, we can talk about stuff in generality, you know, in general terms, uh, but we can't discuss assignment results unless, of course, we have the client's authorization. That's in compliance with the ethics rule of use path, right? So what do you do? Do you not call them back? Do you face the issue head on, call the client, ask for permission, and call the property owner back? You think that you really have a disgruntled property owner wanting to talk to you. What do you do? Hi, this is Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks of Appraiser eLearning. So let's dive into it. You know, this has happened probably to all of you that are listening right now. I know I've had my fair share. It's happened to me many, many, many times. My favorite number is 33, but I'm not going to tell you 33 stories. That would take a moment, wouldn't it? But I'll, I'll tell you three, three different stories at diff- three different points in time and how I handled those. And maybe that'll give you a little insight as to my recommendations of how you might handle a disgruntled property owner. Um, The one gentleman called me, I had appraised his house. He had had his house appraised a year before. And yes, he did not like my opinion of value. And uh, I went through the proper channels, you know, contacted my client, asked if it was okay to discuss it with him. He said yes. And so here we go. And, um, so I called the property owner back, and and he was he you know he was not happy. Um, he was how did my value go down? I said, uh, excuse me. He said, well you you know someone else appraised it about a year ago, and it was X amount, and now you think the value is lower than what it was a year ago. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we know properties uh, property values go up, they go down, they straight line and don't do anything. We've all seen that happen over the course of our career, I'm sure. But this was back in a time where we were not in a declining market at all. It wasn't around the housing crisis where values fell or anything like that. Uh, This was a pretty stable market or maybe even a little bit of an increasing market. Uh, The point I was trying to make to the property owner that I never said your value went down. And I was trying to be professional and and not really attack the appraiser from the year ago. I have no idea who it was. But my position was, hey, I never said your value was that amount a year ago. Someone else did. 
I said, uh, homeowner, you gave me the best comp. I mean, I, I typically ask, have there been any sales in your area that, and, and obviously we know of all the sales, right? But maybe one just closed last week and, you know, it hasn't been reported yet or, you know, I always ask. And uh, he had given me a house that was right down the street from him. It was a it was on a different street, but it was a block away. It wasn't wasn't very far. I could have hit it with a rock, and it was the exact same floor plan. I mean, it was an identical house to his. So he gave me the best dang sale, um, but I felt very good about my opinion and uh, had a conversation with him. And um, I said, "What what is it that you do for a living again?" He said, I'm a school teacher. I said, that's right. Yeah, you're a school teacher. I said, well, let me, let me try and turn this around and put things in perspective for you just a second, if you, if you don't mind. You know, when I develop an opinion of value, it's independent, it's professional, it's ethical, it's unbiased, and I do the best job that I can with the data that I have available. Let's say, for instance, you gave your students a homework assignment. And that homework assignment was for them to write an essay. And they all bring it in, and you grade those, and you grade them in based on your experience and your knowledge of the subject matter and writing styles and punctuation and et cetera, et cetera. And in your heart, you believe this one student deserved a B, and that's what you placed on his report. In your opinion... That paper was deserving a B. And later that day, little Johnny's parents come in and they say, by God, I don't know what you were thinking, but this is A+. This is at least an A. You need to change this to an A. What were you thinking? Would you change that grade to an A? Or would you keep it a B, what you genuinely in your heart felt that it deserved? He said, Mr. Reynolds, I would keep it a B. I would not change it. And I said, okay. Well, you're little Johnny's parents coming in wanting me to change your grade. And just like you, I'm not going to change that grade. He said, Mr. Reynolds, I said, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. He said, Mr. Reynolds, when you came out to my property, you were very thorough. You measured the house. You walked through it. You interviewed my wife and I about the characteristics and improvements we've done you were at my house about 45 minutes and you were very polite you were very professional and I know you did a thorough job when you were here at my property but I just want to let you know I'm never going to use you again (laughs) I said okay all right that's that's fair enough we're just going to agree to disagree so I I I took the time to call that disgruntled property owner back and we walk through it. Doesn't, doesn't mean he was happy at the end of it, but at least I extended the courtesy of returning his call and having a conversation with him. I had another gentleman uh, many, many years ago, and uh, this was a um, FHA assignment, and the property owner called me. He said, I want to know who's going to fix my air conditioning. I said, excuse me? He said, well, we bought a house about a year ago, and uh, you, you did the inspection. I said, excuse me, sir, I don't do inspections. He said, well, you, you did the inspection. When we, I said, excuse me right there. Let's, let's pause for a moment. 
I don't do home inspections. That's not what I do for a living. He said, well, I, th I think I thought the bank told me you did the inspection. I said, no, sir, that's impossible. I don't do inspections. I do appraisal work. Uh, but you if you had an inspection done, you would have had a home inspection by someone else. Do you know who did your home inspection? I did the appraisal. Well, oh, okay, that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. I said, all right, well, I just want you to, to understand those are two entirely different things. He said, well, I, I just want to know who's going to come out here and fix it. You know, you were out here in the wintertime, and and now it's, it's warm. <laughs> it's getting a little warm. We turned the air on, and it doesn't work. I want to know who's going to come out here and fix my air conditioning unit. And I said... A plumber? I don't know. A heating and cooling guy? I don't know. And he said, uh, well, aren't you going to do something? I said, no, sir. That's beyond the scope of what we do. I said, did you get a home warranty? He said, well, no. I said, did you have a home inspection done? He said, no. I said, well, welcome to home ownership, buddy. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but your water heater might go out next month. Your roof might start leaking tomorrow. I mean, this is part of home ownership. If you wanted a new house, you should have bought a new house. If you wanted a home warranty, you should have got a home warranty. I'm sorry that your air's not working, but if it was, you know, 10 degrees outside when I was there, there's no way to turn that on and observe it probably a home inspector wouldn't be able to either right and uh, we had an extended conversation and uh, and he finally got it he also was not happy but he understood now could he have sued me sure he could have filed a lawsuit against me and I would have had to defend myself but that's one reason I put some very specific language in my appraisal reports clearly identifying i am not a home inspector right that's beyond the scope of what we do and in a minute i will uh, i'll address that a little further okay the third and final story i have for you today uh on uh, brian's storytelling podcast i guess is what we've got today is um i got a call from a property owner and um, she said, Mr. Rose, you have my square footage wrong. I said, uh, okay, well, I can't talk to you. You're not my client. I did say that initially, but I proceeded and called the client, got authorization, and called them back. And um, I said, tell me what's going on. And she said, well, my house is, is not as big as uh, you said it was. We bought a house, you know, a few years ago, and you did the appraisal on it. We dusted that thing off, and um, it is not as big as what you have in your report. I said, all right, well, let me, you know, let me pull the file and take a look, and we'll see what's going on here. I mean, I'm human. I can make mistakes, and uh, hopefully I didn't, but, but, but let's look at it. She said, well, my... My realtor has helped measure it, and, and we've had somebody else come out here, and you're just wrong. I said, okay, well, well, let's walk through this here a little bit. And so I pulled the, um, I pulled the work phone. 
I pulled out the uh, appraisal report, and lo and behold, this appraisal was a new construction, and it was based on plans and specifications. And I, I said, okay, this was a, when I appraised this property, it was a new construction based on plans and specs. She said, yes. And I said, so let me, let me look at this. And I pulled out the plans and specifications. And I want to pause here for just a minute. And I want you to realize as my listener, this was an assignment where I was never asked to go back out to the property and do a final. And I know most of us normally when we do a new construction, uh, we do go back out and we look at the property again, right? Uh, in this case, I, I had not been asked to do that. So I don't know if they sent somebody else to do a final, if um, a bank representative went out and did the final, or maybe they just didn't do a final altogether. I, I really have no idea. But um, I did not do a final. So I said, all right, let's go over this. And I pulled it out. And I said, here's what I've got. I've got uh, that you've got three bedrooms, two baths, kitchen, living room, dining area. And on the uh, first floor, you've got uh, 1,400 square feet. She said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. And I said, okay. And then you've got a, a staircase that leads up to a bonus room above the garage. And that has another 272. Whoa, 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 whoa. I said, yes. She said, we don't have a bonus room. I said, well, the, the plans and specifications I have in front of me clearly reflect a bonus room with 207. Well, no, we, don't, we decided not to build that. We were going to have a bonus room, but we ended up not doing that. And I said, well, maybe someone should have told me because what I have clearly shows a bonus room she said you mean to tell me the appraisal you did reflects that bonus room that we don't have right now i said if you didn't build it then i suppose that is the case so we cleared things up rather quickly i i think uh at the conclusion of our call she was going to be putting a call into the builder right fast and i i don't know whatever happened with that but these are three cases where I took the time to call each individual, tried to calm folks down. Did we end up in agreement in all three cases? No, we did not. Uh, were they still hot? Yeah, they were probably still hot. But the best thing to do is to make that phone call and try to resolve the issue at hand. Um the language I mentioned a moment ago, this is this is a reason why I suggest that you add a little language. And Peter Christensen uh, gave some really nice comments. Actually, Appraisory Learning um, had uh, Peter and Craig Capella on, and we did a little paid-for webinar, and, and that's still available. We recorded it, and, and it's, it's like $29 or something like that. If you want to go back and watch it, go to appraiserelearning.com. And you can click on, uh, I believe it's uh, recorded training sessions, and, and you can still watch it. But Peter offered up some, some language that he highly encourages that every appraiser put in every appraisal report. And I, I would recommend you get that information and you consider putting it in. And this is why. The uh, pre-printed appraisal report form that you sign every day has this little certification thing in there. And it's specifically number 23. I mean, pull out your 1004 form and read along with me if you like. But it's a little bit of a dangerous statement, in my opinion. 
So certification number 23 says the borrower, another lender at the request of the borrower, the mortgagee, or its successors and assigns, mortgage insurers, government-sponsored enterprises, and other secondary market participants may rely on this appraisal report as part of any mortgage finance transaction that involves any one or more of these parties. So to recap and paraphrase, it says, the borrower may rely on this appraisal report. Ooh, I don't like that. I, I, I think we ought to take that out of there. If you look at page one of your URAR down at the bottom, go to page one, the second to the last sentence of the pre-printed form says, are there any, are there any physical deficiencies or adverse conditions that affect the livability, soundness, or structural integrity of the property, yes or no? Man, to me, that's I'm not an attorney, and I'm certainly not a judge, but that just leaves yourself open to some potential issues. Hey, Mr. Appraiser, on page one of the URAR, you checked no, that there's no physical deficiencies. And certification number 23 of the report you signed says I can rely on your report. And after I moved in, I found out there's four rotten floor joists in the back corner bedroom. Are you going to come over here and fix these? Because you said there were no physical deficiencies. And guess what? There are some. So I need you to come over here and bring your checkbook or your hammer and nail. One of the two. You know, we don't know what a judge or jury does until they do it. They're unpredictable. But I think that you need to take whatever steps you can to protect yourself. You know, the old form, and gosh, this one's old now. It's 15 15 years old. But the form prior to this used to say, are there any apparent physical deficiencies or adverse? I like the word apparent. I want it back. Bring it back, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, bring it back. But right now, the report you sign every day just simply says, are there any physical uh, deficiencies or adverse conditions? Yes or no. And then certification complicates it says the borrower can rely on your appraisal report i don't like that so i add language in my report that says i am not a home inspector i don't do home inspections i'm not a plumber i'm not a roofer you know it doesn't go into that detail but it basically says i am an appraiser and i'm making a general observation if i see a deficiency i'm going to report it but if you want to make sure the property's in sound condition, in good shape, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, get yourself a home inspection. So basically, guys, what I'm saying is I have, I have a, a statement that I put in my report that says, get your own home inspection. So if someone does try and come after me, and I don't know if this will, I don't know if this will help or not, ask Peter or Craig. But I'd rather have this statement than not have it. Because if somebody comes knocking at my door and says, Brian, there's four rotten rotten floor joists in the back bedroom corner, and you said there weren't any physical deficiency, clearly there is. And certification number 23 says, I can rely on your report. I said, okay. Well, if you're relying on my report, why don't you rely on the portion of the report that says don't rely on my report? 
<laughs> in, a, in a nutshell, right? So again, uh, do what you need to do to protect yourself. Maybe you, you speak to legal counsel yourself, or maybe you go back and check that webinar out that Peter and Craig did with us. It's twenty like $29. I think you can cover that. Just don't go to lunch uh, this afternoon. Uh, finally, I just want to say this in closing. If you have a disgruntled property owner, nothing good is going to occur if you avoid them or if you just don't call them back. How do you like it when you're trying to call someone and you leave a message and they never call you back? And then you call them again, you leave a message and they just completely ignore you. I was recently hired as a consultant for a gentleman that had a complaint from a property owner against him. While the property owner cited some things that they thought were genuine concerns, in the complainant's letter to the state, it highlighted the appraiser never even had the courtesy to call me back. And I'm like, God, why didn't you call him back? He's like, well, you know, I'm busy and heck, I can't talk to him anyway. And I just, you know, they weren't my client. I said, yeah, but now you're dealing with a complaint and you've hired me to help you and you might have been able to avoid this complaint or you as a listener, you might have been able to avoid this lawsuit if you just called him back and had a conversation. Now, maybe you wouldn't have avoided it, but keep in mind that anger begets anger. If you call him back, you just start off the cuff yelling at him. Well, that's just going to make them more angry, right? We can have a civil conversation, and at the end of that conversation, agree to disagree. Look, it's just my opinion. You're entitled to your opinion, but I'm entitled to mine. And you certainly have the luxury of getting another opinion, right? So again, just something to think about. You get that property owner, they, uh, they've left you a voicemail or they have a, a message there when you arrive. Do yourself a favor. Give them a call back. It may be a hard conversation, uh, but they will respect you at least somewhat for returning their call and facing the issue face on. Don't, don't, uh, don't hide. It's, you know, hiding and sticking your head in the sand is, is not going to help. And it's just going to make them more angry. Try to resolve the issue if you can. If you can't, just agree to disagree. You've been listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Reynolds. Until next time, happy appraising. The Appraisal Update Podcast is brought to you by Appraiser E-Learning. 